Hello again, I'm Chris Stoudy, and welcome to another episode of Eureka's Sounds of Science. Last year, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration approved a record 59 new drugs. While this is certainly good news for patients, the fact remains that most drugs never get to market. Drugs that target the central nervous system face the stiffest odds. According to one analysis published last year by Tufts University Center for Drug Development, drugs that target the central nervous system take significantly longer, about 20% longer to develop and 38% longer to get approved than other medicines. Reasons for this poor performance are complex. One major factor is that diseases of the brain are often hard to diagnose in early stages, says Dr. Timo Braga, principal data scientist at Charles River's site in Kopio, Finland, which focuses on central nervous system diseases. I would say the most difficult thing about CNS diseases is that the symptoms vary a lot. We can have motor deficits or the impairment can be psychiatric or in some patients, a first symptom might be the loss of memory. So there's great variability of the symptoms. And the other challenge is that quite often the actual pathology, what's happening in the brains is happening before any of those visible symptoms. Indeed, by the time a diagnosis is made, in part by evaluating someone's fine motor and cognitive skills, the disease is often so advanced that the therapeutic window and chances of a clinical trial that might have a positive outcome has narrowed considerably or may have closed altogether. A tool called kinematic analysis that seems inspired by Hollywood animation, more on that in a minute, is trying to narrow this gap by allowing us to accurately model and measure subtle movement and coordination in rodents. Timo, who is an expert in kinematic analysis, describes it as a way to quantify movement. Most commonly used part of kinematic analysis in clinic is gait analysis. We are basically measuring cyclic patterns of locomotion. So the main idea is to measure the movement and for typically camera-based systems are used. And the basic idea is to use some sort of marker which are attached to some anatomical landmark, for example, knee and hip. So we can track those markers and later by analyzing the video, we can actually measure in three dimensions. If you're a fan of movies like Lord of the Rings, you may love the special effects as much as the story. For instance, to create the creature Gollum, the actor playing him wore a tight gray unitard with little sensors all over his body and face. The sensors capture his body movements and facial expressions, which allowed animators to replicate 3D models of his movements. 
kinematic models used in ZNS research is sort of like this, too, except it captures subtle changes in movement, not always visible to the naked eye. If you looked at a Huntington's mouse model walking up a ladder, you might not pick up the subtle changes in coordination that creep in during early stages of disease. Kinematic gait analysis will. Dr. Braga notes that kinematic analysis has been used to study central nervous system disease in humans for more than 50 years. But it's only recently that we've been using this tool to study the disease in animals. One neurological condition where kinematic analysis has been particularly useful is Huntington's, an inherited disease caused by a progressive breakdown of nerve cells in the brain. Huntington's is marked by deteriorating motor and cognitive control and is eventually lethal. Tanali Hikkinen is a study director at Charles River Finland site who works on Huntington's disease. His laboratory has used kinematic analysis extensively in mice and rats, including the R62 transgenic mouse model of Huntington's disease. And quite strikingly, as we have done this analysis and measurements in longitudinally in various ages of the animal, the progression and the key features of the changes induced by these genetic modifications in these animals, they are quite similar or very similar across the different strains. We see certain similar features such as lower back body posture, um, certain kinds of tremors can be seen in the limbs and also differences and changes in the joint movements that clearly differ the transgenic or genetically modified animals from the wild side. And it is so that in certain models, for example, the R62 mice, we see the earliest changes as early as four weeks of age. And then in some different kind of models, for example, the Q175 mice, the symptoms start to appear later, stay at three or six months of age. So how is kinematic analysis furthering our understanding of Huntington's? Will it lead us to better therapies and faster development times? So that it's not that we necessarily can even change with certain treatment the very robust changes in the movement. It may be important for the patient to be able to, for example, work better in daily life if they get some help from the treatment for some more subtle, for example, motor symptoms. And what we have actually seen in some studies here that we have these disease models, uh, transgenic models of Huntington's disease, then after a certain treatment, we have seen significant treatment effects. And some of these studies have been published in journals already. Still, Connolly believes kinematic analysis could eventually help change the trajectory of Huntington's drug development. Whether that means better drugs to address myriad symptoms afflicting people with Huntington's, or ones that stop progression of the disease altogether is hard to tell. For now, what we do know is that it's providing a lot of useful data about a very complicated disease. Thank you for listening to this episode of Eureka's Sounds of Science.